I've seen some real like sadness. Your career can't carry you through the really, really hard times in life. And I think I always took them both really seriously. I always wanted to be a mom and I always wanted to be a wife and I always wanted to be a Broadway performer. But I didn't think I was going to become a mother so easily. You're listening to The Milk Podcast. This is the show where we talk about motherhood and sexuality with amazing women with fascinating stories to share on the joys of being a MILF. Now here's your host, the milfiest MILF I know, Jennifer Tracy. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is MILF Podcast, the show where we talk about motherhood and sexuality, being a mom and an entrepreneur, and everything in between. And today on the show, we have Blair Goldberg. Blair is a Broadway baby, true sense of the word. She grew up on Broadway, started when she was a child, got her first Broadway part in Annie Get Your Gun. And from there, she went to a performing arts school, stayed in New York City, and went to NYU and then has been on Broadway ever since. And now she's the mother to a three-year-old little girl and still on Broadway in Kinky Boots. It was a fascinating conversation with Blair because what I loved about learning about Blair, not knowing her, she, Blair was a total stranger to me. She was referred to me um, by a mutual friend of ours who said, I think my friend Blair would be really good for your show. I said, sure, let's let's do it. And so not knowing Blair, Blair is 30 years old. Maybe she 29 or 30. Anyway, when you get to be my age, <laughs> it's like whatever, ballpark. Um, Blair's young and, and she's a young mom. So Blair has this amazing joy for living, joie de vivre. It was contagious because she just has this immense gratitude for what she does, for her life, for her marriage to her husband, and for her child. And it's so healthy, (laughs) so healthy that I was a little bit jealous, but more so inspired. I think because of that balance that she has, that you guys will hear in our conversation, that she has this joy and gets to, she gets to go to work doing what she loves to do every day. I mean, that in and of itself is such a big win. It was just an utter pleasure speaking with Blair and getting to know her and her wrapping skills. And I'm not talking about gift wrapping. I'm talking about wrap are kind of unparalleled because she's combining rap with improvisation. I was going to say improv. And then I was like, maybe they won't know what improv is, but of course you know what improv is. Anyway, she's, Improving her rap. I will say no more. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Thanks so much for listening. Hi. Hi, Blair. Thanks so much for being on the show. Sure. Thanks for having me. I'm so psyched. Yeah. So you are currently, it looks like you're in you're in New York City. Yep. And you're in a theater. I'm in a theater. I'm in my dressing room right now. I just finished a matinee. I'm in Kinky Boots um, on Broadway. Um yeah, in New York City. And we are in the middle of a two-show day. I'm on my dinner break right now. I just uh, scarfed down some Chipotle and I'm ready to do that. Wow. Oh my gosh. So Blair, you have a little girl. Yes. I have a- and she's how old? Yeah. She's going to be three in September and her name is Lila. Oh, Lila. So cute. And many adorable pictures of her on Instagram. I'm fortunate enough to see. I totally whore her out on Instagram and I have no regrets about it. How can you not? She's awesome. She's pretty uh, delicious. 
thanks. She's a really good girl. So yeah. So, okay. You're in New York city. You're an actress. You're you're from New York originally. Yeah. Born and raised um, Long Island, New York. So super close. Just even that you're saying you're in between shows. It's a two show day. I mean, I'm like, you're substantially younger than I am, right? You're like, you're in your, I am 29. No, you're 29. Okay. You're 29. Um, But you've been doing this for since you were a kid. My whole life. Yeah. So I started theater when I was really, really young. Um, I was, I made my Broadway debut when I was nine. So I have been, yeah, I grew up in the biz. Um, I've loved everything about it since I was a little girl. And it was just like, it was one of those things that was, it was never a question in my mind. Like, this is what I was going to do. I love that. And so you, you continued on, you started when you were nine. What was that show? Oh, sorry. I did um, Annie Get Your Gun with Bernadette Peters. Yeah. So fun. Yes. I did see that when I was researching you a little bit. Wow. Okay. So how long did that show run? How did that work as a child being on Broadway? Did you have special school? It was wild. So I was tutored on the set. Um, and I did the show like from start to finish. I did it for about a year. Um, unfortunately, I grew out of it. Um, you know, I was right in the beginning of puberty. Um, and that's super common with child actors on Broadway. You know, once you're out of the costumes, you know, they move on. So I, I did it for about a year total that included like rehearsals and an out of town tryout. Um, and so I did a whole year of being tutored. There were other, there were three other kids in the show. So we um, all got tutored together. And then once the show opened properly on Broadway and we had like a regular show schedule, I really missed my friends and stuff. So I wanted to go back to school. So my parents would let me if I wasn't too tired and I could wake up in the morning, I could go to school and be with my friends and then go do the show. Um, So I loved it. I loved every second of it, but you know, like it's, it's a really interesting thing because you totally grow up and you're faced with a real life job at the age of nine, 10, and you're seeing adults interact in a backstage environment. You learn, excuse me, so much about just like, the, this theater world that you would never see. And, and I saw men kissing men and women, women and boobs and penises everywhere. And that was just like normal to me. That was, oh, that sounds like a dream come true. <laughs> it just sounds amazing. It really was. So it was so cool to just like grow up in an environment that was just so like open and accepting. And I just felt like part of the crowd, you know, and um, you know, I thought I was so adult when I was 10, which had its, you know, pluses and minuses as I got older and realized I wasn't actually grown up. But I certainly like to think that being a child actor and 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 getting to be part of that community at such a young age, you know, made me grow up a little quicker in a, in a really good way. So I felt I felt like a big girl. Okay, so wow, child actor. So you hit puberty. And then then what happened? Yeah, so I hit puberty, I had boobs at like 10, like full grown boobs at 10. Um, and so it was really hard. You know, I wasn't I couldn't play a little girl anymore. But I still looked like a little girl besides my boobs. And so, um, you know, I went through a really long period of not working and auditioning and, you know, things just not really going my way. But I was always content to just know that I was going to study in school. I was going to, I was going to go to a performing school and I was going to work after college. That was just what I knew. And I knew I had to kind of stick it out. And so I, I just was kind of a normal quote unquote, normal kid. After that, I went back to school. I just did, you know, the drama club at school and all the little things around my community you know, when you get your equity card in the union at such a young age, you can't really, you can't work 
uh, sorry, you can't participate in any theater outside of the union. So I was really limited to either continuing to work on Broadway or, or giving up my card. Yeah. So I just kind of held on and, and, and tried to be a, a normal kid at school, but always knowing that um, I was going to do it when I could. I auditioned on and off all throughout high school, even throughout college when I was even studying. I went to NYU here in New York City, got a Bachelor of Music in vocal performance. And uh, I also was really academic as a, as a teenager. I really wanted to get a full liberal arts education. So I minored in psychology just for fun, just because I wanted to learn. And I just really enjoyed school. And um, yeah, and then when I was out of college, I was so lucky. Um, on the day I graduated, we had our graduation at Yankee Stadium, which was awesome. And uh, at the ballpark, as I was leaving, and I had thrown my cap and gown, you know, whatever off, I got a call saying that I booked um, a role in the new musical Carrie, which was coming off Broadway. It was going to be a big to do in New York. And I uh, found on the way home from graduation and that show um, changed my life and changed my career. And I've been really lucky that I've worked, you know, pretty consistently ever since then. So here I am. Wow. Wow. And um, within that, so you, you basically just from that moment started working. It sounds like you've never stopped. Little tiny breaks in between, but, but just to get married and have a baby. Oh, those little things. Those tiny little things. Just little life events. So let's talk about that. So you, let's talk about your husband, because I know that's an interesting story of how you guys actually met. Yeah, it's wild. You ready for this one? I'm ready. (laughs) So I met my husband um, when I was 14 years old, and he was, let's see, 12 and a half, uh, 26 years old, turning 27. He was my high school choir director. wild scandalous yes (laughs) not whenever I tell this story everybody's very excited because they want to hear some big scandalous drama about it but it honestly was really really lovely and we just developed a really good friendship for about three years um and then what happened was when I was a senior in high school I changed high schools to go to a performing arts high school like a few 10 minutes away from my regular school and I could no longer take um my like extracurricular activities at my regular school, I had to just take my academics. Um, I could no longer take my extracurricular activities at my high school. I had to take only like my math and my English. So I couldn't take choir anymore because I was going to performing arts high school. And so that year, my senior year, um, we became really, really close. And I was performing a lot in the city. I was singing at various cabaret bars and trying to kind of get out there a little bit. And um, he was my accompanist. And it was during that year and him playing for me uh, that we really just started to have feelings for each other. We couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, it was wild. Because um, you were still 17. I was, yeah, 17. So it was one of those things where like, you know that thing when you never really say anything, but you say everything. And we just knew. It was one of those things we just knew that when the time was right, we were going to get together. Um, and we kind of just said it all with our eyes. And I think my parents kind of picked up on it. People, you know, it was kind of like, what is going on between you two? And we were like, look, nothing, because it really wasn't. But we really did have this intense musical connection, which is what drew us together at first. We both really, really gelled and connected on a musical level. Um, and so I graduated high school. 
I asked him out because I knew he couldn't really make the first move. Because oh, I love that. <laughs> what if I had been like, huh? What? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I just asked him out. I said, let's go get some dinner. And uh, this was like maybe two or three weeks after I graduated high school. And um, I took about 10 seconds into the meal before we were both like, all right, so this is this is a thing, right? Aww. It was. And uh, gosh, that was 11 years ago. And uh, wow. we've been together ever since. So yeah, he saw me through college. He, you know, we, we stayed together through a lot of really crazy shit. And uh, yeah. we were really lucky. We had, you know, the support of both of our families, which, you know, like how amazing is that? So we really didn't have to deal with too much um, kind of crazy backlash in that way, aside from like, other students, you know, being confused about why this was a thing. Um, it's actually really cool. One of my favorite things I tell people is so many of my friends from choir in high school, um, I'm still really good friends with. And they were in my wedding. They were bridesmaids. They made speeches. Aww. So everyone was so supportive. And so many people were like, you guys are just meant for each other. So Aww. it's been, you know, look, every relationship has its crazy ups and downs, but we've, we've really stayed together through it all so far. That's great. And what a romantic beginning. That's it's very romantic. Wild. It's wild. And like, I always, you know, him and I always joked about it. And like, we would going through the years when people would ask how we met, you know, we would make a joke of it and we would think it was silly. And now as a mom, it's kind of wild to look back and be like, Oh my God, I, cannot believe what my mother had to adore by saying, okay, sure. You have my blessing. Go, go for that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of wild, but it's, it's one of those insane stories that just happened to like work out for the best. And, um, you know, a lot of growing pains throughout it, there's a big age difference and there's a lot of, you know, stages and, and seasons that you go through in life and to have someone who's already a whole season or two ahead of you that poses its ups and downs, but we really um, tried to make it work. And how long have you guys been married? Uh, Five years in December. Okay. So I got married young. We got married. I got married when I was 24. Um, I got pregnant when I was 25 and I had Lila like pushed her out when I was 26. So I love that you say it like that. I pushed her out. I'm always like, why do I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like you were sitting there just going, get out. <laughs> Essentially. I mean, <laughs> my God, that was, that was a doozy. <laughs> the the labor was? No, no, it was actually fine. But it, like, you know, it's, it's not a walk in the park, but I got lucky. No. But I think she was like 11 hours top to top to bottom. Um, yeah. Quick, easy, fine. Epidural is awesome. So did you always want kids? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's funny, a lot of people when I, you know, had told them I was having lie, were like, Oh, my gosh, I thought I thought you were so obsessed with your career. And if, if anyone was ever really listening to me, I always, I always have said, like, my thing that I, I don't know who said this to me first, but it's kind of become my mantra, like, if I have a Tony Award, and I have all the success in the world, and and I go to the top in my career, but I have nobody to go home to at night and like share that with. I it just never felt like it would be worth it to me. And I've seen like too many people in my business grow older and not have a family. And I've seen, you know, and this is not an overarching rule. There's obviously exceptions to this rule, but I've seen some real like sadness. Your career can't 
your career can't carry you through the really, really hard times in life. And I think, you know, I always took them both really seriously. I always wanted to be a mom. And I always wanted to be a wife. And I always wanted to be a Broadway performer. But I didn't think I was going to become a mother so easily. Um, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. And when I was much younger, not much younger, in my very early 20s, um, I had been told that it was going to be really, really difficult for me to conceive. I went through like a four or five year period after that, where I would like see every pregnant woman on the, on the street and just like be so distraught and jealous inside. I'm like, I'm never going to feel that. I'm never going to know what it's like. And I'm, I have a flair for the dramatic as you can probably <laughs> So like I don't know where that comes from, Blair. I, know, I, mean, so I imagine. So I just took this like roadblock as like, well, I'm never, I'm not going to get pregnant. I'm not going to have kids. It's gonna, it's gonna be a struggle. It's gonna be horrible. You know, we had started. My husband and I had started saving money or putting money away for you know possible interventions, and then I got pregnant so easily, and it was kind of the most hilarious thing in the world because we we wanted to try and we thought, well, if if this is going to be really difficult and this is going to take years, let's start now. And uh, I was on the road with, with Kinky Boots when I started trying because um, he would only come out once every two to three weeks to visit me. You know, he's a teacher, so he could, you know, he would come on a weekend. Um, and so he would just come for like a Friday night, Saturday, have to leave on Sunday. And we said, well, you know what, if if this is going to be so difficult, let's get started. He was also 12 years older than me. So I was, you know, 25. He was 37, 38. We figured, why not? We'll see what happens. And um, two weeks later, I was pregnant. Oh my God. I love it. It's what a boom. Yeah. Bada boom. So, you know, it's like, you know, you plan and God laughs. Like we, we were completely stunned and um, amazed. And it like, you know, it's so crazy. Like I always say time, like these things work out. You can't plan these things at all because I had her, I was on maternity leave with her. Um, and I, the way our union works, you get a year maternity leave. So I could have returned to the tour with her. Um, what crazy, but would have been awesome a year later, which would have been, so like I left the show when I was about five months pregnant and I would have been able to come back a year later, which would have been like in May. And she would have been, I don't know, seven months old at that point. And while I was home on maternity leave, like six weeks after I had her, they um, called me and said, the same exact role that you play is opening up on Broadway in about five weeks. Do you want it? And obviously I wanted it. And I was so, so excited. And if I hadn't have had her, I would have still been out on the tour and they wouldn't have pulled me from there to come, uh, come back to New York. So it's so wild. Lila, completely brought me back to Broadway. So it's I love it. She's your Broadway baby. Exactly. Yeah, she totally is. So let's cut back to, uh, after you kicked her out of your uterus. Yep. Um, (laughs) just case I get out. So you have her, your home, you're, you're a mother of a newborn husband's home with you. Because yep. he teaches during the day, so he's able to help you. Did you have help? Were you? Is your family nearby? So both of our families are nearby. They're both um, from Long Island. But it's funny, you know, they are very set in their ways, and they are willing to help if you bring the baby to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't really help me very much, but it, I appreciate they, they're there if, if 
if need be, but it was a lot of, um, come visit, come visit. And, you know, as a postpartum mother, when you're, everything's leaking from every orifice, you need yeah. to you. So uh, my mom came, you know, um, and was helpful in her own way for the first few weeks. But um, I really just wanted it to be me and um, Adam, my husband. So for the most part, it was just us. He took a few weeks off of school to be there at the very beginning. But then, no, it was just me riding solo. But what I really loved about having a baby in New York City was the awesome community of newborn mothers within a block of you. I mean, I had, I've joined this group called um, the HRP Mamas, which is like Hudson River Park Mamas. It's for women who had babies like below, I don't know, Soho and below. We live all the way in, in financial district. And um, I'm telling you, I joined and they separate you into when your baby was born into quarters. So like my baby was born in September. I was in a group from July to September. And there were, I don't know, 3,000, 4,000 moms just in my little group. Wow. That's amazing. Within two days of having her, meeting up at Whole Foods, meeting up at the park, meeting, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of women. And so I can't imagine doing it in the suburbs. Um, I can't imagine that like feeling of having to get in the car and load it all up. I mean, you know how hard it is to get out of the house as a new mom. Like I could just push that stroller out of my door and meet 45 moms for coffee. That's incredible. That was how I stayed sane. That was what really got me through in those in those first few weeks when you just can't see anything but darkness and exhaustion. Yeah, just everyone was there and going through the same exact thing, and I didn't have to load everything up and drive twenty minutes to get to those women. Yeah, and that was like invaluable to me. Um, so, and then yeah, like you said, my husband is. We're, I'm really lucky. I have my husband. He's home by four o'clock on most days um, during the week, has a whole summer off and weekends. So it's really, you know, when, when you look at the big picture and I look at kind of my, some of my fellow moms in my area whose you know, husbands are working on Wall Street and not home till eight thirty nine o'clock, you know, I really, I really got a good deal. And we really were able to, of course, once I started doing the show, then really switch off, care for her. He'd come home, I'd leave to go do the show and vice versa. And how is that with your marriage? I mean, where do you guys carve out time for each other? Yeah, so we've made it a rule and it's unequivocal. We have a date every single week. Um, It's usually on Sunday night, which is my off night right now, but it changes in the winter. It's a Wednesday night. And um, we're big foodies and we love to go out and dine and we do not make any exceptions to that rule. We have a date every single week. Um, even when she was brand new newborn, um, we, yep, we got, we had babysitters almost as soon as she was out. So we are really good about that. But having said that, I mean, that's the only time we see each other really, because the weekdays, you know, he's out, I'm in. Um, and then, you know, weekend mornings we would spend together, but it's definitely hard. You don't get that same, I've never had the experience of just like having a family night before bed and laying in bed together. And then your kid goes to sleep and then you have time alone with your husband. It, it That's just not part of my normal. Um, when I get home from work, my husband's usually already asleep. And so we really count on our date night. And, um, you know, when she used to nap, she doesn't nap anymore. Oh, oh, yeah. I remember that. They take that nap away from you and it's just like, no. 
hell on earth? You know, it's like, why God are you doing this to me? But we used to have that, you know, that time to be together. Um, but yeah, it's just, we, and we talk all day. We're big texters. We communicate all day and then we rely on our dates. Yeah. But that's so great. That commitment to that time and that commitment to that time alone. Yeah. Doing something that you both love, which is dining out and you're in the best city in the world to do it, you know? So I think that's great. It's really great. And I hear from a lot of moms, you know, like, oh my gosh, I haven't gotten out of the house in two years with my husband. Oh my gosh, I haven't gotten out in a year and a half. And guys, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. Your baby's fine. In a lot of ways, I, I kind of love, like, I think youth is on my side in this way. I'm really, really, I'd like to think, I mean, maybe someone would disagree, but my fr- I think my friends would agree that I'm a really chill mom in terms of like, I don't, I'm not, I don't get hung up on a lot of crazy things. I don't take my kid to the doctor unless it's absolutely necessary. I don't like, I don't, I'm not a real worrier with my kids. So when she came out and she was healthy, we got to go, we got to get yeah. <laughs> Uh, put her, she, you know, I, I, I was that crazy mom that sleep trained her at three months and I do not regret it. Um, I needed my sleep. I was getting home from work at, you know, 1130 at night. Um, I have to sing, you know, the kinky boot score. I needed some sleep and, uh, wow. So wait a minute, pause for a second. Cause I want to make sure I got this right. So you just said she was three months when you sleep trained her when she was six weeks old is when you went to Broadway to do the kinky boots show. No, no, no. When I was six weeks old, when she was six weeks old was when I got the call that it was going to start in like five weeks. Wow. So she was three months old when you started and you were at that time, it was like, boom, eight shows a week. Here you go. Boom. Boom. (sighs) Boom. And singing a really, really hard score. eight times. No kidding. So it was wild. And I can't do that on no sleep. There's just no way. It just wasn't. So, you know, of course, obviously, you know, they regress and they teeth and all those things, but it was not, it was not going to be for me and my husband, it was not going to be a, a co-sleeping up all night kind of thing. It just wasn't going to happen. So she, we were, we were like, see ya, you're in your crib, have fun, enjoy your time. It was hard, but like, I think my friends would agree with me in that I was really like, I am, I'm a pretty militant mother in that way. I just like, and then I get up and go and I'm not, um, I don't know. I'm not really like, a lot, I hear a lot of my girlfriends say like, oh my gosh, I can't hear them cry. I can't listen to them cry. I don't know. Like babies cry. Like I was just like, you know what, little girl, you, you're going to have to toughen up and learn the world scary place. So I don't know I, I, that maybe that's going to be perceived as totally hard ass, but, uh, She's a pretty great kid, and she's—I think she turned out okay so far. Oh, and you get your sleep. I get my sleep. She's a bravo. Great she's a great sleeper. She sleeps from like eight to eight thirty. Yes, girl. Yes, take it. So I'm not completely. I mean, of course, now I say that she's not going to, but she's a good. Girl, no, she will. Great sleeper, and, uh, and that's how we uh, how we got out of the house because we just had to. Yeah. That's so great. And it's such great advice because, you know, I've shared this on the show before. For me, I was one of those, I'm not in the suburbs, I'm in LA, but it feels like the suburb. I'm in, right in the middle of West Hollywood. It's very urban, but you don't just put your baby in the stroller and walk out. You just don't do that here. And, you know, or maybe people do, but I didn't. And I found myself just getting stuck at home for days and days and days. And it's just not good for you. The isolation. I can't, I don't understand how people do it. 
you start to go stir crazy and you're only talking to an infant. Or yourself, which is more of what I did. <laughs> you know, what's even wilder, there'd be days where I was on vocal rest or I had to save my voice. I couldn't even talk to the kids. So I'm sitting in silence all day. I just, it, women who do it in suburbia, I, God bless you. I don't, I don't know that I could. Because even just like the few days where, where there's like, if it's weather related or you really can't get out, I mean, these kids, they, they need to run around and do something and it gets, you get really crazy in your house. Yeah. Well, you're a New Yorker through and through. I love that. You just embrace that culture and being able to, I, I, I love New York City. I took my son there for the first time. Uh, gosh, it's coming up on two years. We need to go again. And we stayed up on the Upper West Side. Oh, beautiful. And, oh. And it was November. It was actually, we flew in the day after the presidential election in 2016. Ouch. So, a somber day. A somber it day. Was, it was. <laughs> it was. But I have to tell you, coming out, coming out of our car into the, onto Central Park West, and we, we took a walk first thing. We, we settled ourselves in our friend's apartment. Our, friend, our dear friends live there. And we took a walk and it just was like, this is New York, man you know, we're all going to get through this. And there was something again, to bring it back to, you know, the community feeling there of just walking around with our fellows, even though everyone was kind of like, is this happening? Is this what's what? There was this strength underlying, especially in New York City, because it's been through so much. Totally, totally. I, I hear you. I live right down near um, the Trade Center. Uh, it's just, it's just kind of amazing walking past that every day. And, uh, seeing just just knowing the history of where where we live and it's new york city it's the concrete jungle you know where dreams are made i'm telling you every day and it sounds so corny but i really mean it every day i walk to my job and my heart skips a beat that i'm here and i'm doing what i love it is just it is the coolest thing in the world and i used to walk those same streets as a, you know, a college student and high school student. And I used to just pray, please one day, let this be where I go to work. Um, it's the coolest city in the world. So, but I do love LA. I have to say LA is a cool place too. Thank you. We have some cool stuff here. Yeah. I toured through there with kinky boots. Um, actually right before I got pregnant and I spent like three weeks there and it was, I mean, we partied hard out there. It's a, Oh, I bet. Were you, you were at the Pantages? Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that theater. It was just so fun. So I, I'm, I also love to drive. Um, despite my obsession with just walking out of the apartment, I love long drives. Uh, not so much with an infant, but as a driver. In general. Yeah. Yes. So I do miss driving some days, but, uh, um, yeah. well, I'll just tell you, uh, because this will put you off it for a second yep. <laughs> is that I, my son just switched schools. And so now I drive, I have to commute from West Hollywood to Encino, which is, in rush hour traffic about an hour each way. I don't, I don't understand that. It's a lot of podcasts. It's a lot of podcasts. I mean, you probably get a lot done, but uh, I hope it's a good school. It's an amazing school. And, you know, but, but it's, it's such a sacrifice. And I have to say, you know, I'm, I'm quite a bit older than you, Blair. I'm 43. Well, you don't, I I couldn't tell by looking at you. Don't (laughs) Thank you. Um, but my my leg, my inner thigh is starting to cramp up. I can't believe I'm saying this on the show. But because I'm in the dang car so much, I'm starting to have this like hip thing. I'm like, this is just not going to fly for much longer. I don't know how, you know, I just, this whole commuting thing. So it's all falling apart. I'm not comparing, but I'm go. I'm approaching 30 and I'm feeling it too. So it's, it's, it's well, all- and doing eight shows a week is no small thing. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough. It becomes like 
like anything else, it becomes your normal, but there are doing this on little sleep is not for the faint of heart. It's just, it's, it's not so much my show itself is not so much the physicality for the women. Cause we do a lot of like standing and looking and singing really high, but just like the energy to exert to like make it so that the people watching it, it's their first time seeing this show. Like they have to feel that energy of this is the first time they're seeing this. That's hard just emotionally to just give that amount of presence from top to bottom uh, for two and a half hours every night. And I can't imagine being in a dancey, dancey show and doing that. I stand around a lot, but man, it's just the, the mental energy in that way is taxing, you know, especially when you're dealing with, you know, motherhood. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So talk to me a little bit about the show. I was, I was looking into it. I, I really want to see the show. I haven't had the opportunity yet, but um, it sounds just so incredible. And I didn't realize that, um, and I hope I'm getting this right. You'll correct me, but Cindy Lauper and Harvey, I'm going to mispronounce his last name, Firestein, um, co-wrote it. Yep. So Cindy Lauper did the music and the lyrics and Harvey Firestein did the book, the script, the libretto, as we call it on Broadway. And so, yeah, it's a really amazing story. It's based on a movie, which some of you might be familiar with. Um, so it's the same plot as that. It's about a shoe factory in Northampton about to be shut down. It's going under. The son, our, our protagonist, Charlie, has been put in this position to kind of save the factory and keep it open because his father dies very suddenly at the very beginning of the show he's left with this with this shoe factory and he's doesn't care about shoes he wants to live in london with his girlfriend fiance and have a life in real estate and doesn't want anything to do with shoes so he saves the factory when by chance he meets this amazing woman named lola who is this fantastic fabulous beautiful drag queen um and together they're the two most unlikely pair um and together they figure out a way to save the factory by manufacturing shoes for men who dress as women. Yay! I mean, how have I not seen this show yet? This just sounds like a dream come true. It's really cool. And um, I won't give too much away, but it has the most amazing, I don't want to call it a twist, but a real like moment of complete acceptance and love. Um, and the the tagline of the show is, just be who you want to be. You change the world when you change your mind. So it's all about like switching your perception and just letting people be exactly as they are and how in turn you can learn to love yourself as well. You know, it's really, really cool. And it's nobody leaves the theater without a smile on their face. I mean, I'm, I want to come to New York next week. <laughs> it's really fun. And I, I just love that like for Lila, that's her first show that she has like seen me through and she's been a part of like, she's so young. She won't necessarily remember, but the fact that this one was the one that she was created at and first, you know, she ever saw me in it's, it's the best message in the world. And we see so many um, parents take their kids. Um, and I've seen people come out to their parents at the show and wow. um, it's, it's, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's a really great, great message. That's wonderful. And what's your role in the show? So, I'm in the ensemble every night. Um, I work in the shoe factory. My name is Maggie. And um, I also get to understudy um, one of the lead female roles, um, Nicola, who is Charlie's fiance. She's kind of, I don't want to call her the villain because she's she means very well. But she is who is taking trying to take Charlie away from the factory and off the 
London to, to get married. And she's obsessed with her planning her wedding and getting him away from this factory life. Um, so it's really fun. I get to do a little bit of both because every night I'm in the show um, in the ensemble. But once in a while, I get to step out and uh, perform one of the lead roles as well. So it's really cool. And how many times has Lila seen the show? Oh, gosh. Lila has seen the last 20 minutes of the show probably 45 times. Oh, her thing is my husband brings her up every Saturday in between shows and um, she watches from the back of the house, you know, the part, the end where it's basically there's no chance of her being heard. She knows to be very quiet in the theater, but it's the loud, exciting part. So she it's a safe bet. So she comes every Saturday in between shows. It's her routine. She knows exactly where I am on the stage. She waves to me. She points to me. And then um, she'll come. Her favorite thing to do is to come onto the stage after the show. She does her little version of the finale. It's crazy. It's so crazy. She comes up to my dressing room. She sits right here where I'm sitting. Um, and she makes me paint her face uh, with makeup into a doggy. That's her thing. She wants to be a doggy every weekend with my little eyeliner. So many things just happened to me right now when you were explaining that, like that's just sounds so magical and amazing. And I just got a flash of Lila at your age telling somebody this story. How, how amazing is that? It makes me cry. I, I just hope more than anything that like she'll have some semblance of memory from this time. I know she's young, but I've tried to document it as you'd be surprised. My son remembers things from when he was two and three. Really? Very clearly. Yes. Certain okay. things. That's yeah. awesome. Cause you know, I, I just want her to be proud of me. And I think it's really cool that she can see, you know, her mom working and, and doing something she just loves and loving her at the same time. I mean, that's just like the cool. Yes. Because that's, you're her number one model for what a woman is. Yeah. It's really important to me that she sees that it's totally possible to have both. And I think, yeah. that I think it's really depressing to me when I talk to some of my girlfriends or just acquaintances and, and people really don't think they can do both. Um, mm. When I was pregnant with her, you know, nobody said it to my face, but I could almost feel this underlying, I don't even want to call it judgment, but just this underlying feeling of, oh, so, so you're not going to really perform anymore you know, once you have her, you're gonna be a mom, right? It just kind of blew my mind that people, people don't think it's entirely possible to have both. I mean, what a world. I think it's this binary thing. Yeah. And it can feel that way sometimes, you know, it has for me in my creative process. Yeah, I think it depends on who's around you and what kind of support system you have. And that's one of the reasons I love that I did it young, you know, that I had was so young and I still really I, I was just at the very very beginning of my career and in a lot of ways you know people looked at that as like sabotaging and in a way I looked at it as this amazing gift I have so much time ahead of me you know god willing I have this amazing career ahead of me and and I'm already a mom yeah it's really cool I love that oh my gosh Blair you're just you're so wise at 29 years you are no, I'm just I'm just caffeinated right now <laughs> <laughs> you're so wise and also so adorable and I'm coming to New York as soon as I can and I want to come see your show oh please come come I'll take you and you said you have one son just my little guy he will love it we'll take him backstage and oh actually. he will he will love that okay it's a date. It's a date. All right. So we're at, believe it or not, <laughs> we're at the point of the interview where I ask every guest 
three questions. Okay. First, and then we go into a little lightning round of questions. Okay. I think I've heard, okay. I've heard the lightning round. I don't know. Okay. So the lightning rounds are basically like quick, you know, rapid fire. You just answer whatever comes to mind. Right. But the first three questions are just what the same questions I ask for every guest. Okay. Shoot. So the first question, Blair, is what do you think about when you hear the word MILF? Well, I know it stands for a mom I like to follow for you, but uh, initially when you approached me about this podcast, I was like, I'm a MILF? All right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, of course you are. I love that. Um, you know, I just think of a sexy, strong, powerful woman who has done the unthinkable, which is grow a human inside of them, create it from nothing, house it give it everything it needs, and then get it out of you alive and healthy. I think that, I I don't know if you're watching Handmaid's Tale this season, but- Yes, I sure am. Oh my goodness. It's blowing my mind. Women are amazing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It just blows my mind what our bodies are capable of. And, you know, I'm pretty active on Instagram and I do some pretty sexy, funny, filthy stuff on there because I find myself hilarious and I crack myself up. Um, and I'd like to think I'm there. I, I try and represent what it means to be a young, vibrant, energetic mother who doesn't have to cast aside all of her youth when she becomes a mom. I'd like to think that's what a MILF is. I'm a MILF. Yes, girl, you are. You own that. I love it. All right. I love what you just said, casting aside all of her youth to be a mom, because yeah. that's really... That, that is, there's a, there's something about, and that's why I love, you know, using the term MILF yeah. in, in kind of, it's kind of a double entendre in the, in, as far as the podcast is concerned or the theme of the podcast, because, you know, I think there's this old idea similar to what you were just saying about the old idea that, well, you're either a mom or you're a career person. You can't have both. Yeah. It's like, well, just because I come became a mom doesn't mean I'm not sexual. Totally. It doesn't mean I'm not sexy or have sexual thoughts or feelings or, you know, I'm not in my body anymore. Like it's just, that's old thinking. I agree. And I'll have some people who say to me like, and they're totally joking and they say it with love, but I like to do filthy rapping. I like, I, I am filthy. My mouth is. Yes. Oh, you have been tempered then for this podcast. You, you didn't have to do that by the way, but just someone will listen to this, that I don't want to hear me saying all the things I say, but I have a pretty filthy mouth, not in front of my daughter. I do, I do rein it in a bit, but I, people will say like, you're a mother and they're joking and like, you know, they totally mean it with love, but I'm like, who cares? I'm still a woman. I still, you know, so right. I love to just you know, and I want to teach my daughter that I don't think you have to just become this shell of yourself when you become a mother, being a mother made me more alive than ever, I think, sexually and personally, just beyond like your body is amazing. Yeah. The fact is, if she doesn't hear it from you, she's going to hear it from somewhere else. And I always have had the policy of in my house, we curse in my house and my son uh, is allowed to curse here as much as he wants, but he knows that outside the house or when friends come over, that it's not appropriate. Ooh, I like that. I might do because it, you know what? And I adopt that with a lot of things because they need that place where they can feel completely free to be themselves totally. without judgment and free to express themselves. I mean, he knows 
all the words now. Like he came home and said, mom, what's the C word? Oh, yes. He's turning nine tomorrow. And I said, sit down, son. Here we go. (laughs) And I told him, I explained everything. I said, this is what it means. This is the context of it. This is how it could sound if you said it this way. You know, these are the, the, and he was like, okay, cool. I love that. No big deal. Oh, I'm totally feeling that. He's been playing with it a lot. Oh, I, I was going to say, I, I want to see where this goes. Uh, I want I want an update in a few weeks. Oh, I'm going to have to privately message you because there have been some hilarious combinations. Oh, I can't wait. I am so into it. My, my daughter's very into um, exploring herself before she goes to bed every night. Oh, yes. She calls it um, doing that. So he'll say, um, uh, well, I don't put her to bed at night. My husband does because I'm always at work. And he'll say, she'll say, Daddy, I want to do that. And we're like, yep, go go for it in your room as long as you want in private. Have at it, kid. And so it's it's crazy. We just You just have to like tell it like it is with them, right? Tell it like it is because they know. And my theory on that too is like if they're ready – if they're asking the question, they're ready to hear the answer. Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not there yet. I'm gonna ask you a few a few pieces of advice because we're not quite into the like why and how yet. You know? Oh no no no! But I'm I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. She'll let you know when you need to do that. You're you're a ways you're a ways from that. Okay, uh, two more questions and then we'll go to the lightning round. Okay, what is something that you've changed your mind about recently? I think in general that I'm really, really good at maintaining friendships and relationships. Um, I'm a really good reacher outer to my friends. Um, and I tried to keep that really consistent after becoming a mom. And I think very recently, like within the past week, even I've, there are some like fringe acquaintances that I feel like I'm always the one reaching out. And I've, I've kind of adopted this new policy of, I am done giving energy to relationships that aren't giving energy back to me. And it's very freeing. And it's something I'm not used to. Because I'm a pusher, I will keep checking in and keep kind of reaching out and keep trying to make plans. And I'm letting go of that a little bit in my, uh, in my late 20s. I'm, I'm uh, gonna let people come to me a little more. This is very specific. Like this is not a, with my close, close friends, of course, I'll always check in on them. But I'm done. I'm done wasting energy on people who are not going to waste that same energy back on me. I love that. Last question. How do you define success? Having something that you can wake up every day and look forward to doing, something that you find real joy and enlightenment in, and then at the end of the day, having someone you can talk to about that with. Mm. And that combination, I think you've hit the jackpot. I love it. And you have it. I do. I have it. I'm, I'm so, so grateful. Congratulations. Okay. Lightning round. Here we go. Okay. Beach or desert beach Netflix binge or fresh novel. Oh, Netflix binge. Go to the movies or go to a play. Go to the movies. Cause I'm always at the theater. <laughs> uh, daytime sex or nighttime sex. Oh, before kids daytime sex, but unfortunately that is no more. So now and sex texting or talking oh both i do both all day people make fun of me i do both cat person or dog person neither sorry (laughs) massage your or yoga massage shower or bathtub oh shower i can't sit in my own filth Ah! 
On a scale of one to 10, how good are you at making lasagna? Oh, God. I love to cook. I don't necessarily make lasagna all the time, but I can follow a recipe. I, I give, I'd say probably a five. If you could push a button yeah, and it would make everyone in the world 7% happier, but it would also place a worldwide ban on all hairstyling products, would you push it? Yes. <laughs> yes. We need more happiness in this world. Life is beautiful. Superpower choice, invisibility or ability to fly? Invisibility, because I'm so curious. I need to know what people are saying at all times. It's bad. Okay, would you rather have a penis where your tailbone is? <laughs> okay. Or a third eye? Uh, oh, God, I guess a penis where my tailbone is. Does it have feeling? I'd love to feel what that feels like to have a yep. It's a real operational penis. Yeah, sure. Give me a dick. Sure. Okay. <laughs> there it is. There she is. There I am. <laughs> okay. Uh, what was the name of your first pet? Southside. What was the name of the street you grew up on? Sylvia. No, it wasn't. Yeah, Sylvia Lane. So your poor name is Southside Sylvia, girl. <laughs> I need to hear some filthy raps from Southside Sylvia. Oh my God. Drop a beat, yo. Yo, 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 yo. This is Southside Sylvia coming down the lane. If you don't like it, then brush your mane out. Pull out your hair. Get your products everywhere. Because we making 7% happiness everywhere. Oh my God. That was incredible. That was rough. But if you follow me on Instagram, there's more where that came from. OMG. That was dope. Okay, Blair. Oh my God. I'm in love with you, first of I all. And Blair and I have never met before today. No, never. Not once. Yeah. We were total strangers. And now like, I'm one of your biggest fans. I'm, I'm a fan girl. Blair, where can people find you on Instagram? What's your Instagram handle? So my Instagram handle is Blair Goldberg 44. And my website is www.blair dash goldberg.com and on twitter i am oh, this is annoying blair d goldberg my middle name d but follow me instagram is where i'm most active blair goldberg 44 awesome we will find you we will tag you yay and um thank you so much for being on the show yeah, of course thanks for having me this is awesome thanks so much for listening guys i hope you enjoyed my conversation with broadway baby mama blair goldberg I sure did. And I really hope you'll tune in next week because I have actress Katherine Hahn on the show. Really great conversation with her. Please head over to milfpodcast.com and check us out. You can subscribe there on any of the platforms that you prefer to listen to. You can also see show notes and tweetable quotes. And if you love our show, please like us, review us. We need your support. So we can continue to bring you these conversations. I love doing this. I love talking to moms I'd like to follow. I'm really grateful for this opportunity. So if you do like us, please let us know. And thanks so much for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. I'll be talking to you next week. Bye.